So I'm going to be bringing the word, and I'm just going to give you a word of caution. I may be really, like, weepy today, you know? I might be, like, a big-time crier. Why? Because, man, we just had the most amazing 36 to 48 hours, right? Why? Why did we have the most amazing 48 hours? Because we just wrapped up our true conference for youth. It was amazing. It was simply out of this world. I have to tell you that, you know, I keep telling people that I'm turning 50 because you know what? I need to, I need to like get that in my head, uh, because I, sometimes I don't think that I'm that old or that young, but because I want to be younger like them. But, and I say that, you know why? Because I, I am so excited for the future of our church. We have an exciting plan that God has laid out for every single one of us. And so today's teaching is really going to be more of a rehashing of what happened at the conference. And so we had, I feel privileged because I had a front row seat to see healing and restoration happen. I saw God bring down walls between relationships. I saw the reconciliation between brothers and sisters, not just in Christ, but blood brothers and sisters. I saw his faithfulness, his love, his mercy, and it was done through a team of amazing young people. And I'm going to ask them to stand. I know you're here. I want you to, everyone recognize who these people are. Go ahead, take a stand. Sit team as well. I want you to recognize... Alexis, stand up. Stand up, girl. Um, own this moment. There's more, but you know what? They're tired. <laughs> they were exhausted. And I may have been in bed if, it, if I didn't have to preach this morning, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, but we didn't sleep. We slept here at church, which meant that we didn't sleep. And these young men and women, they labored with me for all of these weeks. They were in my office printing stuff, doing things, going shopping with me, here until very late at night when we should have been sleeping, getting ready. We were out getting donations. I mean, this was a huge team effort. And I don't see some of the parents who also were here. They're probably coming to the second service. But I also had a team of parents who are so committed, not just to their kids, but to other people's kids because they know that when we walk as community, in community, that one day it's going to come the day that their child may need some assistance, and they can count on these people. They can turn around and be like, you know what, I need help, and they know that they're building up young people so that they can be the right kind of help. After a day of training, so I'm going to go over a little bit, but after we spent here all day Friday and all day throughout the night, and it was hilarious because, you know what, I the last time that I, we did a lock-in, it was many moons ago, and I had to sleep over there, and this time I also slept, but the difference was that I want to just a little shout-out to my, to, my, to my brother and my sister, Joa and Manny, because they hooked me up. They, they brought an inflatable mattress which I desperately needed because I was not about to sleep on the floor one more time. And it was great. You know, those three hours that we slept, at least for me, they were really, really good. And so thank you. Because, And I point that out because everyone had a role. There are some of you who are sitting here who donated, who gave of your treasures, who have prayed for these young people that you don't even know. You don't come to Friday night service, but you prayed for them. And you believed in them. And after that whole day, we got up 
Saturday morning, we had Maru. Let's give it up for Maru. I know she's not here, but maybe she's watching. Yeah, her and Marjorie, who's in the kitchen, they made us arepas. <laughs> so we had an amazing breakfast, and we needed to be nourished because you know what? On Saturday morning, we had people from the Florida Foster Care Association Two over, I think it was more than 200 people here. That's what they told us. Anyway, but it was 200 adults and children, and they came for a day of fun. These are parents, these are individuals who have chosen to become temporary parents for children who have been taken from their homes for whatever reason. And they stepped in to be the loving arms of Jesus. Maybe some of them that may not even know that they are, but, but they are the loving arms of Jesus to show and manifest his glory and his love for these kids. So they came and we played with them. They, there were bounce houses, there were food, games. They came, the young people came up with games and at the end, you know, everyone was soaked. Those little kids had such a fun time. And you know, the testimonies that we're receiving are just simply amazing. So what, what, why am I telling you this? Because we're on this series about the kingdom of God. And I felt that yesterday, our king was here. And his spirit was moving. And his love was evident. Everything that was done was done in love. From the ushers who came and were greeting people with a huge big smile, hugging people they didn't know, going past the barriers of language because we had a lot of English-speaking people and our non-speaking Spanish ushers or volunteers. It didn't matter because a smile and a hug is a universal language. And they did that. We had the director of the organization tell us that people were overwhelmed and because they, didn't, they couldn't understand, they, they couldn't figure out why we were so welcoming. Numa Church is here to show the love of God to every single person. That is our vision. That is our vision, people. And that's what we live and breathe. People were loved. So how did that happen? It happened because I think that we've been hardwired for that. But it also happened because the young people spent a whole day learning about what poverty really means. So the conference is called True Riches. And it's really a flip side of what poverty means. We did a poverty simulation. We, we grouped young people into families so that they had to become a, a, a family really quick. So we had, you know, we go like, okay, the four of you, you're going to be mom, you're going to be dad, you're going to be the son who's going to try and run away, and you're going to be the young woman who's, you know, always getting straight A's. But the thing is that they had limited resources. And they had to figure out a way how to survive for a month. This month was divided into four segments. Each 10 minutes represented one week. So this was like, and the guys know, this was like my, I was scared. I mean, I was concerned because this could either go really well or really bad. And it would like set the tone for the conference. Thank God, Daddy God was backing this all up. And it was amazing. It was hilarious. We learned so much. Um, and they had to go through it. And I'm going to share a few things that some of the young people told me. There was a young man. He had, it was his mom, another student, his mom, himself, and his other brother. But the young girl who was the mom, 
is very shy. She's very, very shy. So she had to play this role that she was really unsure of. So you know what she did? She didn't do anything. So the young man had to become the parent of the household. Does that sound familiar? It does, doesn't it? All of a sudden, I have these two boys that sometimes they don't behave really well during the service, um, had to be like, we have to pay rent. We have to go pay the utility bill, and we have no idea how. At one point, he comes up to me and is like, Espy, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, you know what? You're going to have to figure it out. Read the instructions. And he was like, okay, okay. So he did that, and they were like running around trying to pay. We And the vendors were the team members and some other family, other individuals who were helping. Some people chose to be nice, and some people chose not to be so nice so that they can experience real-life experiences. Another person told me that uh, another young man came and was like, listen, you know what? I, I, there, this is a big decision. Because the thing is that one of the vendors or one of the people infiltrated in our group was a person who was doing illegal activities. Okay. Because it could happen. And guess what? This illegal activities person, nobody could guess who this person was. Because this young woman is such a loving kind. She will not she she won't do anything bad, like ever. Like, you know, it's like she's really close to being like Jesus, you know, how good this girl behaves. And so, but she was our illegal activities person, so no one could guess. And it was hilarious because she put on a hoodie and she was just walking around all suspicious and still people didn't get it. So, I mean, because everyone was like, she's like, ah, that's just fang, she's so sweet. Um, but you know what? She went around to these young people and was like, look, you know, I can tell you your family's struggling and if you help me, I can give you money. If you sell some drugs, then I can give you money. And then that was part of her role. And the, the drugs were like chocolate candy, okay? So don't worry. Um, so, so she came and then one of the, one of the young guys comes over and was like, Espy, I have like a dilemma because look, someone who I can't tell you who it is, is telling me to sell drugs but we need the money because they're going to evict us. So I don't know what to do. I honestly don't know what to do. Like, what am I supposed to do? And this went on for a full 40 minutes. They had fun. They laughed. But they experienced real-life stress. And many of them, there was one, I, remember, I can't remember which of you told me the testimony, that one of the girls said, you know what, the other day I asked my mom for 20 bucks so I can go to the movies. And now I understand why my mom was hesitating. Because she had to choose which bill to pay so that I, not to pay so that I could get, go to the movies. Isn't that amazing? So young people got the opportunity to understand what it's like to live in the real world. After that, we had speakers who come in, who came in and talked about mental health issues, about depression and suicide and how that's taking the lives of young men and women. We, have, we heard from a mom who lost her son to suicide, and she shared her heart. Then we had an amazing young woman from our team come and talk to us about her own personal experience so that the young people sitting there wouldn't be thinking like, oh, you know, it's someone that I don't really know and can't empathize. And she stood here, she was vulnerable, and she said, that's me. That moment, from that moment on, the atmosphere changed. Things were broken. And it opened the day for these young men and women to experience, to experience something deeper within themselves. We had speakers who talked to them about the connections between having sex before marriage, getting pregnant, and poverty. 
Because when you do things like that, when you don't follow God, when you go your own way, your consequences are going to experience pain here. We're all going to experience pain. We're all going to do that. That's hard. Sometimes some, some things are not our fault. Like, you know, whose fault is it that there's a hurricane? It's not our fault. No one's fault. But yet, there's a difference when you are walking with Christ and you're walking without him. When you're walking without him, there is no hope for tomorrow. When we walk with Christ, there is hope. We know that we have tribulations, but we are overcomers, and we will succeed by the glory of his name. So I want to now put this all kind of into perspective because I want you to read with me in 2 Corinthians 8, 9 so that we, you can get the biblical grounding of the conference. Everyone tracking with me? Yes? Okay. Um, if not, you know, we might have some cafecito brought out to you. I might need some. Um, so it says, you know the generous grace. Now, this is, well, I'm gonna, I'm, let me read it to you first. It says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor. So that by his poverty, he could make you rich. See, Jesus assumed the role of sinners. The young people during this poverty simulation pretended to be someone else. And Jesus said, I am going to take the place of sin. He didn't just play the role. He became sin. He owned the role. He became incarnate. He assumed every single mistake we have ever made. All of us collectively, he wore it. He lived it. He became it. See, Jesus came to proclaim freedom. But in order to do that, he needed to take away the power of sin over our lives. He made our poverty his own so that we could get the full benefits of the kingdom here on earth. Because the thing is that the kingdom of God is actually the proclamation of the gospel. And there are two things that we're expecting. Some of us think that the kingdom of God is something that is still to come. And you are right. And then some of you think that the kingdom of God is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you are right. Because the kingdom of God is actually both things. There is a present Lord Jesus that has lived on earth here today while we are still here. And there's another one that we're hoping that we're going to get once we, we die and Jesus Christ returns and we go to meet with him and be face to face where there will be no more pain, no more hunger, no more loneliness, and no more brokenness. Because Jesus has already overcome. But the truth that he has already overcome and he has defeated the enemy will not come true until he comes back for us in his second return. So what happens to us while we live here on earth while this is happening. We now have to take the responsibility that as sons and daughters of this amazing king, there are responsibilities that we must assume. See, Jesus in Luke 4.16 says this. I'm going to start reading from verse 18, actually. Jesus went to the synagogue. He took the role from the, what the prophet Isaiah had written, and he read this. It said, he said, now listen to the, I want you to just imagine Jesus Christ going into a place that is filled with religion, with man-made rules, people who were thinking that they were praising and truly worshiping God, but they were so enamored with their idols that they couldn't see Jesus standing. The God, the creator of heaven and earth, was in their midst and they couldn't see it. And Jesus says this. He opens up the scroll. I can almost hear the, 
possible to hear silence, but I can just imagine it. Just silence. And everyone's eyes are fixed on him because wherever Jesus goes, he commands attention. He doesn't have to say anything. He just has to be. And there he is. And he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. See, Jesus came to proclaim. To proclaim something is to speak something out, to tell people. He came to proclaim the good news to the poor. So the issue of poverty is not for other people who do not have resources. Because one of the things that we learned about poverty, that it's not just lack of things. It is a lack of being. When we are poor without Christ, we are doubly poor. But when we are poor with Christ, we are rich in heaven. We are full of wealth. And he came for us. Poverty is when people are trapped in this system. It's called abject poverty. They can't get out of it. Everything they do, they live on minimum wage. You know, they struggle. Everything is difficult. The, the stove breaks, the car breaks. Everything just continues to go from bad to worse. And Jesus came for us, for each and every single one of us. Because there are rich people who are poorer than this person here in this room who has less income. The gospel of Jesus Christ. To proclaim it is to talk about Jesus and his redemptive work on the cross. Because Jesus came to pay for all our debt. And there was only one monetary exchange allowed. The life of Jesus Christ himself. His blood shed on that cross. Him who had no sin was torn down for us. He was beaten for us. He was crucified. He became a mortal body so that he can gain immortality for all of us. The kingdom of God is to preach the good news to the poor. And in making us his sons and his daughters, God has chosen to tell us to tell more about him. So, several things happened while we were preparing for the conference. It didn't seem like it was going to happen. We had, two weeks ago, we had 10 kids registered. But I had the most successful parents meeting. Because you know what? I invited all the parents of all the kids who were coming. And you know what? Out of the 10 kids that came, nine of the parents came. So it's been my most successful parents meeting. It's a funny. That's it. You should laugh. Okay. Because usually what happens is I have a parents meeting for a conference. And I have like 65 kids and 10 parents show up. So for me, it was an amazing win, right guys? <laughs> because 90% of the parents showed up. And I sat there and I talked to those parents and I said, you know what, I'm concerned. Because, you know what, no one's registering. And so I was with Juan and Rebecca and then we just kind of pulled to the side and we said, Pastor Chris has been talking to us about having an attitude of whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, we will do to preach the gospel and to reach people who have been unreached so far. Whatever it takes. So 
we said, what if we do a lock-in? What if we get these young people to come and stay over church? Now, I don't know what the excitement is about sleeping over at church, but man, the minute that that was announced, the numbers went up to 55. So from 10 in two weeks, we went up to 55 kids. 55. See, that's the way God works. He multiplies because he honors our sacrifice and our risk. Well, he did, it's, God doesn't want sacrifices. He wants obedience. And he wanted us to be obedient because we were going to continue to do the conference even if only 10 kids came. We might have had to change some things. We were going we to do it. And he honored that. And there was a verse that God kept impressing in my heart. Let the children come to me. One of the things that happened yesterday was that, um, so we had a lot of people here. And first, I want to I say this. There are parents who have misplaced their kids, like, you know, your own kids. You know, they turn around and all of a sudden your kid's not there. So what I'm about, the story that I'm going to share, please, um, if there's a foster parent here, don't see it as a criticism. It's just, it happens to, I mean, it happens to everybody. It happened to Mary and Joseph. I mean, they lost Jesus, <laughs> you know? Like, that's pretty bad. He lost the Savior of the world. It's like three days later, and you're like, oh, my God, where's Jesus? And then, like, they had to go back to, like, to the town. And, I mean, that's, that's really bad. Like, for three days, they didn't realize that Jesus was with them. Whoa. So this parent, this, um, this child was misplaced yesterday for, I don't know, maybe four minutes. This little girl, must be about eight years old, was crying. Crying, crying, crying. And um, so she was with the director of the Foster Care Association. And um, she says, do you know who your parents are? And she says, I don't. This little girl was recently pulled out of her own home, of her own parents. And she had just been transferred to a foster family but she hadn't been able to spend enough time with them to be able to recognize them in the crowd. And my heart broke. My heart broke. Because what is this little 10-year-old experiencing that level of pain and anxiety? She did not know who she belonged with. She was stressing on this woman that she had never seen before to hold her hand and try and help her find her parents. But you see, some of us walk around like that. Because we know who our parents are, but we are lost. Because we have not made Jesus. We have not gone to the Father, and we do not know who he is. Because we've not spent enough time with him face to face to know him. So we walk around aimlessly and lost. Running to people who may or may not choose to be nice to us. Who may choose to lead us into the right way or the wrong way. And this little girl, you know what? Jesus died for her. In Luke 18, 15, 17, it says that one day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. I think that most parents who, have, who are healthy, who uh, emotionally and, and spiritually, 
they know enough to know to bring their kids to the feet of Jesus because he's the only one that has the answers. And it says, one day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. And then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. And that was the thing that God kept impressing in my mind and my heart the conference, the, the week before. Let the children come to me. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God, like a child, will never enter it. See that little girl? As scared as she was, as concerned, worried, I don't even know how, what everything she was feeling at that moment, she chose to hang on to Minette. Because the thing is that children trust. Children believe. When we tell them that something, I'm going to give you a candy, I'm going to be there, children truly do believe. And that is the level of dependency that God is asking us to have with him. Just believe. Hang on. She just trusted on that woman and holding her hand. The Lord says that I hold my hand and I will uplift you. I will hold you by my righteous right hand. And this little girl held on. And that is the heart that we must have. We must have a, a heart that just says, Daddy, Father, however you call him, I call him Daddy God because, you know, he's just my papi. He's the best. I'm like, Daddy God, I need you. Father, I need you. I don't know. I don't understand where you're leading me, where you're taking me, why this situation is happening, why I'm losing my job, why my kid ran away, why my husband, I just found out my husband cheated on me. I, I don't know what you might be going through, but just hang on to him and be like little children. See, kids don't have an agenda. They're open. They're awesome. They have fun. Like those kids yesterday, they forgot that they're foster kids. Because you know what? They were just kids. You know, I think for them it was the funnest thing was that they, they got these, uh, these water guns. And so they decided, you know, who, who, who brought the water guns? Like were you guys going to had a game plan, right? So they gave them the water guns. Well, guess what? These kids, since they had made such connections with the, with the lead team, with all the kids who were here serving, well, they turned them on them. And they were chasing them everywhere. These guys were soaked yesterday. Soaked. Soaked. And, and you know what? They just, it was fun. And they had fun right with them. Because we have to become childlike. We have to be like kids. We have to have that freedom. We don't worry about we're getting mud. We're getting dirty. These are the only clothes that I have. I didn't shower because, okay, this is the other thing. This is a, just between us. So you all know that we do not have showers here at church. So we arrived here Friday morning at 8 a.m. And we slept the whole night through. In the morning, there were no showers. So we were stinky. We were stinky. But you know what? Those kids didn't care. They didn't care because they only cared about the fact that we loved on them. We, we've taken showers by now. So <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, 
the team here, missions team, the, our missions team, they decided whatever it takes, whatever it takes, we will do. We were, it was a new experience for us, so um, we didn't know exactly what we were going to do, but we decided to go with the flow, right? Right, Fabi, Rudy? We were just going to go with the flow. So the kids' building, or the first floor, was turned into this beauty salon. So you had moms learning to take care of their kids' natural hair in healthy ways that, you know, they can, they can take care of their kids' hair because they didn't know. You know, I have, like, I have straight hair. You know, I blow dry it and it just stays like that. Sometimes it proves, you know, humidity. You all know how that is. But with natural hair, it becomes a little bit more complicated. And then in another room, they had barbers, people who donated their time to come and get them some uh, back-to-school haircuts. But then we had another room. And, guys, the glory of the Lord was there. I mean, it was everywhere. But I think that there was a special anointing happening in that room. Because the team, the missions team, and other people from the prayer team, I mean, we had so many teams involved. I loved it. We are one team. (laughs) We are the dream team. And they invited people. They would say, hey, do you want prayer? And they would say, yeah, I want prayer. And families started coming in with their kids, without their kids. They started coming in into that room to receive prayer. And the thing that was remarkable was that they were amazed at the fact that we were praying with them and that when they asked, what do you need prayer for? What do you want us to partner with you in prayer? They said, you know, jobs, the children, different things that they were surprised that we actually prayed for those things. Because see, remember those religious folks that Jesus stood in the middle of the synagogue, all filled with religiosity? You know, they were so consumed by their own idolatry that they couldn't see Jesus. But that team in that room, they decided, you know what, we're going to pray for your felt needs, for that need that you have right now, that's what we're going to pray for. Because I'm not going to take my Bible and whack you with it. I am going to love you, and I'm going to let you read the Bible through my actions. So that's what they did. And we have amazing testimonies that we could spend the whole day sharing here with you. Everyone decided whatever it takes, whatever it takes, we will proclaim the, God, the kingdom of God to wherever, whoever, however, whatever it takes. See, we're not in love with our facility. We're not in love with this building. We're not in love with the kids' building. We're not in love with our backyard. We're not in love that people are going to make a mess. We're not afraid of it because you know what? We'll clean it up. Because if at the end of the day we have to dirty some floors and we have to break some things, which were broken, but don't tell Pastor Adrian yet. Let me tell him. <laughs> Shh. Um, if we have to do some of those things so that at the end of the day someone can say, you know what, I now have a relationship with Christ, and you know what, that's what we're going to do. That's exactly what we're going to do. So we gather to share salvation, to allow these little kids to draw near to Jesus, because we have to sometimes create space. Space for young people to come. Space for anyone to come. So please, when we do these events, we don't do them because we have nothing better to do. (laughs) We do them because we want to create an environment 
We want to create an environment where people get to meet with Jesus because of what we bring, because all of us together, when there are two or more that gathered in, in my name, there I am with you. And that's what happened here. He was with us. So why am I telling you all this besides, you know, just being so happy with what happened and um, just excited for what's to come? The thing is that this isn't, ju this isn't just for us. As you're sitting there, I want you to begin to formulate a question in your mind. What's my next step? What's my next step with Jesus? Am I content to just come into church every Sunday or every other Sunday, you know? Um, am I content with just watching online, for those of you who are watching it online? Am I content with reading the Bible or making my devotional the Bible of the verse? Is there something more that Daddy God, Father God, is asking? So as I continue, I want you to be thinking about that. John 3, 18, 20 says, I'm sorry, it's 1 John. I may, I, may, I may have written it down. It's 1 John 3, 18, 19 says, I got it. AV, sound, we never see them. But man, they are amazing. Can we give in a hand clap? So much happens with people, with teams of people that we don't see. You know what? I'm going to give a shout out here. Ivan is in the back. He's doing um, all the video stuff. And he had a vision. And he came to me. He's like, SP, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there on Friday. We're going to record this. And I was like, okay. Like, it's kind of, we've never recorded a youth conference, you know, because we're not like in the big leagues yet. Uh, but he's like, no, 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 I'm coming. I'm coming. And he set up everything. He came and you know, it didn't go everything as planned. And then on Friday night, he says, SP, I think we should transmit live. And I was like, oh, my God, what? that only happens on Sunday. You know, Pastor Chris is going to preach. You know, he's an anointed preacher. He's going to bring down, you know, heaven on earth and cast out demons. And, I mean, like, you know, like, that, that, that's reserved for, like, like, the real, you know, amazing stuff. But you know what? I'm like, you know what? Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. It's like, let's do it. So I asked the team and myself, we quickly texted parents and told them, look, tonight's service is going to be transmitted live. And so many people joined in. Now, by the way, we had, there was fire here. Fire. Pastor Solomon, we call him Coach B, he brought a word that brought, that set the captives free. And we are so grateful for his life. He brought his kids and they rapped and it was just, ah, oh, it was crazy. Amazing. He was supposed to win because we were going to have a basketball tournament or something like that. Guess what? Our service didn't end until 1130. And by then, kids did no longer needed to be entertained because we were looking to fill in the gaps because we think that young people need to be constantly entertained. But guess what happened? When they were in the presence of God, none of them wanted to move from here. They wanted, they were like right here, front and center, waiting to experience and to know and to be with people. So don't get lost. It's like, if you don't buy your kid that new thing that's out there or new shoes or whatever, get in the, the living room, 
Set some music. Start worshiping and praying and asking God to come and fill the void in their hearts because that's what's going on. When we try and fill with entertainment, it's because we are void. There's emptiness and we're trying to fill it with something that will make us feel something. And that's the tragedy of our current generation. So we now have been talking about what we did how we do it, you're already thinking about your next step. And 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let not merely say that we love each other. You know how we say, oh, greet your neighbor, tell them you love them, God loves them. It's good, it's good, we need that, we need that affirmation. It says, let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. Now, the truth being Jesus the kingdom of God, the gospel of Jesus. So we will be confident when we stand before God. We have to speak truth and love, but we have to be truth and love. We have to perform these actions. So once again, what is your next step? What are you going to do to manifest the kingdom of God? See, when Jesus, we're not like Jesus because we are not the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. He is the salvation of people. We are not the salvation of people. But we are the way we lead other people to salvation. We lead by example. Not just proclaiming, but by being and doing. But the thing is that, you remember that verse that I read before about the, let the children come to me and the disciples were so caught up with Jesus and trying to like protect them, you know? I'm not, I'm not, well, some people need an entourage, you know? They go do stuff and they need an entourage and they need to be protected, you know, from the common folk because, you know, I'm anointed and, you know, if someone comes and speaks to me, he may like, you know, make me lose my focus, you know, because I've been praying to God for like the last three days and fasting. But, you know, you might say, hey, and that may make me lose my focus. So they bring an entourage to protect you. Well, Jesus wasn't like that. And his disciples were trying to be the entourage. And Jesus was like, okay, step back. Let the kids come to me. Let them come to me. Because the kingdom of God is for children, for people like them. Let the children come. So as disciples, we need to change the way we see people. Because I think that that was a problem. The disciples didn't value children. Now, I want to put it into cultural context of what was going on back then when the scriptures were written. Back in the day, kids... That ha- had no value, none. Am I running out of time? Oh my gosh, I'm I'm confused. I'm confused. Okay, I'm gonna wrap this up. Wait, wait. I have a page and a half. Okay. So, um, let the children come. Kids had no status back then. Cattle were more important than kids because they produce in the land. So kids became valuable when they could work. Before then, they were just like, you know, it's like, it's like uh, an expense that we have to invest in, but we're not really happy with this season of their lives. But Jesus saw it and see that. He's like, he's, like, he's like, these are the most amazing treasure that I have. This is the most amazing treasure that I have. So what can you do? What can you do so that others can taste the kingdom of God here on earth? And I'm, I'm really going to wrap up now. 
perhaps in this next season, on next Sunday, we have our small groups, right? Am I saying that correctly? We have a small groups. Our small groups are starting soon. Let me just say that. Perhaps some of you here are being called to lead a small group to go evangelize out there. Maybe some of you are going to gather together in a small group and pray and get nourished with the word, but then you're going to go out and be, let me be a proclaimer of God's truth. I'm going to make up some sandwiches and we're going to gather together on Saturday morning and go feed some homeless. Or perhaps, perhaps, you're going to gather and get some food and go preach the gospel to people in Home Depot or where people gather. Some of you are going to choose to join us the first Saturday of every month when we go out and do missions. Because the thing is that on September 7th, the Foster Care Association children and families are going to come back. Are going to come back to us. And we need to, they're going to, they're going to give us the opportunity to put them in classrooms by age and we get to teach them whatever we want. <laughs> what are we going to teach about Jesus? They're going to know that they are created in the likeness and image of our God. Some of you need to begin to ask, what can I do every day? In your small group, you may choose to give up one of your, one of our precious meetings to serve. Close your eyes. And I want you to begin to ask the Lord. Open my eyes to see the opportunities that are plainly there. In 2 Corinthians 8, 9, the context of that message is that we were saying that Jesus became poor so that we would be rich. And it was just an example because the Macedonia church, which was poor, gave out of their poverty. They did not have enough, and yet they gave more for the preaching of the gospel than other churches who had much more. And God is asking us, what is it that you're willing to give up? What comfort will you give up? Will you choose now to be a doer of his word? Or are you willing to allow one day turn into the next, and then a year from now, two years from now, and you're still thinking about how to serve someone else? Love is an active verb. Jesus was love. Jesus is love. And he has imparted within us the power, the grace to love on people, to preach the gospel, to pray for the, for the, for the sick, to heal the brokenhearted, to feed the poor, to receive the orphans, to give shelter to the foreigners. There are so many ways to serve. There are so many ways to proclaim the gospel and you do not need a stage or a platform or a microphone. So what is your next step? So Sadia is going to lead us in a chorus and as she sings, just ask God to just show you what that is. And I want to ask the G2G team to come up here. And if you want to be, if you're still struggling, you don't know what it is, guys, come up and just line up here. I want you to come and have one of these young men and women 
pray for you. Monica, Alejandra, you can come up too. Alexa, come. Alexa, Alexa, yep. And don't waste this time because you know what? I do believe in these young men and women. And I believe in them, not because I'm supposed to believe in them, but I've seen them do this. So don't waste this moment. I'm going to ask you, just step up, come to the front, have them lay hands on you. Not because there's something like special, but there is something special. (laughs) Because you know what? They walk the talk. So come. Come and have them pray for you. Don't be afraid. Come. Just don't sit on that chair. Man, I can't believe you're still sitting. Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. So since we are in this whatever it takes I'm sorry whatever it takes I can sense that some of you might be having a hard time coming up to the front so guys we're going to do whatever it takes so what you're going to do is you're going to go out there because if they don't come to us we will go out so go allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and go lay hands on this church and this congregation because we will refuse to sit down where there are people going to hell every day. So go ahead. Just lay hands. You don't have to say anything. You just lay hands and just know that the Lord, the Spirit of God is here among us moving because He is worthy of it all. He is worthy of it all. You are all things and to you are all things you deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all. 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 For from you are all things, and to you are all things. I pray that you will go in peace. That you will find an answer to your next step. That God will illuminate your heart and mind to know where he wants you to go. And that you will not be afraid. So we will stay here praying for you. We're going to 
Thank you for joining us online. We bless you. And I believe that the Lord is going to do something with you as well. So don't forget, we are starting our 21 days of prayer. 6 a.m., 8 p.m., and online at 12 p.m. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. But don't be afraid. The, young, the team is going to be here praying for you. So thank you. We bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and we say amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Just stay here until for a few more minutes. Thank you.